On episode 15 of the San Diego podcast, San Diego mashup star Elise Tro reveals how she graduated from playing video games to sold out stages, shares onstage horror stories from her tour with Incubus, and why she wants her fake ID back from Mavericks and PB. All that and more is next. Hello and welcome to the San Diego Podcast. I am your host, Dustin Lutchbike, and with me via FaceTime today is Elise Tro. Thank you for being on the pod. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. For our listeners who may not be familiar with Elise, uh, she's a native San Diegan and from a young age found herself with an immense online fan base, thanks in no small part to drumming videos that she regularly posted to YouTube and Instagram. And through the power of unique cover song mashups and her own original music and amazing performances where she plays every instrument of a song via live looping, she is well on her way to becoming a household name. That Does that sum it up, kind of? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. I mean, um, yeah, I just kind of picked up drumming at a young age and have been doing music my whole life, you know? So I've, I, I heard an interesting story about that, about your kind of musical progression and where you started out. Um, I heard that you had mastered rock band at some point and and uh, a red hot chili pepper song if i'm uh correct uh, is that is that true yes expert mode danny california is my favorite <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny i mean i've always thought of uh games like uh, guitar hero and rock band and stuff like that um i've always thought they've are way more difficult than playing an actual instrument. Like, cause I play guitar and bass and, um, I, I can't, I can't play them at all. Like I'm so bad at them. Uh, apparently your, your experience is much different than mine. <laughs> oh, well I found that the skill that I had on the video game didn't translate at all to real life, obviously. <laughs> and then once I started playing like a couple of years later, I'm like, Oh, I should try rock band again. And so I went back and I'm like, I can't do this. Cause if you like try to play in the pocket during the game, you're totally off because you have to play right on the downbeats that like, uh, like it kind of, the timing is a little strange with the drumming, I find. So I have never really played it again since I oh, switched really? to real drums. Yeah. <laughs> so once you got, you graduated to the real thing, you were like, yeah, this is child's play. I can't get into this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's very cool. Um, you know, we're, we're in weird kind of strange times right now. And, um, what are you doing to stay, uh, to stay busy? I've just been like working a ton on like making music, making videos, like that sort of stuff. And then also I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a gamer. Okay. Okay. Very cool. A little bit, yeah. Uh, I, um, I am not much of a gamer. I only play really uh, sports games like Madden and, and 2K and stuff like that, basketball. and um, But when it comes to like... Um, I don't know, like soldier games and stuff, like first person shooters, I guess they're called. Um, I I get like motion sickness, like really bad. And so like it, I feel really disoriented and I feel like sick to my stomach when I play them. Is it kind of a distraction at this point where it's just something that you can, you know, you can do, you can just put it on and. Yeah. Also it's cool. I, I normally play with friends. So like it's right now, like a good way to like just hang out and like talk yeah. um, like during the rounds or whatever. But. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, is it one of those games where um, you like you spawn somewhere and then someone can like murder you immediately? Like, is that one of those games? Sometimes it depends on like what 
what kind of map you're doing. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that you turned 21 recently. I did on Monday. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Very cool. Um, if, uh, if you could go out and get a drink somewhere, where would you go? Probably, okay, I'd go to Mavericks and PB because that's where I got my fake taken away. So I'll be like, hey, guys, I'm back. <laughs> Can I have my uh, ID back? <laughs> but um, no, I, I don't know. I mean, I honestly like never even would like try to sneak in places that much because I don't know. I'm like kind of a goody-goody, but... Um, <laughs> I am too. I've n- I never uh, I never snuck in anywhere. I never had a fake ID. Um, you know, I've always kind of admired people that did though. Maybe that's why I was never cool when I was younger. Like I, you know, I've always thought, <laughs> oh, if I had a fake ID, maybe I'd be I mean, I'd be really cool. But I yeah. definitely didn't feel cool whenever I'd try to try to use it. I would be like sweating, and I'd be like, try <laughs> and like, do I look at the do I look at the bouncer straight in the eye? Do I look like to the side? Do I keep talking to my friends? Like, I don't know. <laughs> It would make me really nervous. <laughs> well, um, well. Speaking of uh, times long ago, I think it's time for uh, our first four segment that we do on the pod. First question: What was the first band or artist that you ever really loved or obsessed about? Okay, I was. I got like really into like growing up. I mainly listened to like top forties music before I started playing music. Um. But once I started playing drums, my drum teacher introduced me to Tower of Power. And so I got like way into way into their music for a while. Um, and I actually saw them like, I think twice in concert. Um, and oh, actually a third time this year at NAMM. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it's surprising how much they tour. I mean, they tour all the time. They're still touring. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, and it's, it's, it's awesome. I haven't seen them live yet, but um, yeah, I always hear them about, about them uh, coming to town. So that's very cool. Um, what was the first album that you bought with your own money? I think it was like the Plain White Tees, maybe. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, my parents would play their music for us um, growing up because it was like fun to sing along to. It was like kind of, um, and it, there, there's not much like cursing or anything. Um, mm. So it was like good for younger kids, I think, to listen to, and and it was like on the radio, and you know everyone was liking it. So maybe I don't know. I, I definitely have theirs still in my like iTunes library, yeah. um, like a couple of their albums, and also Green Day. My my parents introduced me to Green Day like really early on, which now that I think about it, they have cursing their music, so I don't know why. <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> paradoxical, but um, yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. Those were probably honestly with like the iTunes gift cards because I'd get those as gifts. I don't think I had any money. Like I didn't have a summer job or anything growing up, so I would just get um, like the iTunes gift cards for yeah. like my birthday or whatever, and, and use that to download albums. But yeah, <laughs> that's a. Uh, do you remember which uh, Green Day album it was? Because uh, that was one of the first CDs that I ever bought was Dookie by Green Day, and um, that I mean when that came out, I think it was 94, it came out. And I, I mean, that time period, I mean, 94 in particular was such a crazy year for music. Um, and it was that and smashing pumpkins, Siamese dream and Nirvana. Um, like I bought like all those CDs at like the same time I went to the store and I bought like eight CDs or whatever. Cause I got like a hundred bucks for Christmas or whatever it was. And, um, but anyway, do you remember the, the album? Was it, was it Dookie or was it uh, one of their later ones? 
Uh, I think like my parents first introduced us to American Idiot. Okay. And then when we saw them in concert, I think that was during their uh, like 21st century breakdown. Is that what it's called? Yeah. The album? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that one we were listening to a lot too. Um, but yeah, I think the first album was American Idiot. Okay. Very cool. Um, what was the first concert that you went to that you really wanted to go to that i really wanted to go to yeah. probably the green day one okay. the first concert i actually went to was barry manilow <laughs> um <laughs> because i was i kind of i was like excited because it was my first concert but we mainly went because it was my sister's birthday and so we went to las vegas and we saw him in concert there that's classic um, that's good yeah I, mean... I had a really good time but I think I was really, really excited, like pumped to go to the Green Day show. Yeah, you know? yeah, I'd imagine it's a, it's quite a, a big step from Barry Manilow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I've listened to Green Day for years, and I've never seen them live. I've seen, you know, pretty much every other band uh, that I was really into at that time, uh, except for Nirvana. Um, but I've never seen Green Day, and uh, I've always, you know, I know that they put on a great show. Uh, but for whatever reason, I haven't seen him. There was at one point I wanted to go see him, but I remember buying tickets to, uh, Weezer and Foo Fighters at, uh, San Diego state. And that was, uh, just an epic show. It was just so epic. I mean, Dave Grohl would like come out and he would like run around like the whole stadium. Like he would just like climb up on like the railings and stuff and the upper decks and like, you just run around and he'd be screaming the whole time. Like he has this weird <laughs> scream that he does that he's able to do at any given time. Like he just, he has this weird ability to do this, like, you know, this throat shredding scream. <laughs> and I, you know, I don't know how he does it, but it's, it is amazing. Like I've, you know, it's pretty impressive. Um, I don't know why I got onto that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what is the first song that you sing at karaoke? I've never actually done karaoke. Oh no, what? (laughs) But when I was a kid, we had like a on the Xbox there was like an Amer it was like an American Idol karaoke game or something. Mm -hmm. Something like that. And the song I'd always sing was I think there were two of them. One was Kiss Me by what's that? that Sixpence, none the richer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then the other song was Maps by um yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a great song. Uh, both of those are good songs. I mean, they're they're classics in different eras. It's so funny. Mm. Um, and I remember when Kiss Me came out, I could have sworn it was a cover or something, but um, I think I went for years thinking it was a cover. And then I think my wife told me, like, that's not a cover, bro. Like, you're totally <laughs> wrong. But, bro. Uh, yeah. Uh, but um, very cool. Okay. So six pence on the uh, I think um, if if you were to do it now, is there a song off the top of your head that you would that you would go for? I don't know, Carrie. Kara- I don't know, karaoke. For some reason, always makes me nervous because my- <laughs> <laughs> um, whenever I think about karaoke, I think about people doing like really like elaborate songs that like yeah. have like high notes and like I don't know. Um, I don't even know what I would do. Maybe something like fun, um, like. Mm. Maybe some yeah, something like I grew up listening to, like um Rihanna or something. Yeah. 
That's great. I mean, I think Rihanna is a, uh, a crowd pleaser. So I think that would go over pretty well. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's crazy to me that, that you said that you would get nervous doing karaoke. I mean, I mean, you perform in front of people all the time and you play, I mean, you play your own music, which I feel like would make me more nervous than singing someone else's song. Is that I think it's true? like the idea of being unprepared because like karaoke, when I, I think like you just kind of, it's like, oh, I've heard the song, but like maybe you've never sung it before, mm, yeah. where when you perform, you've sung that song a bunch of times. So I think like the thought of just going into something and not having like it's like oh i've heard the song and i maybe have sung along to it but i've never actually and then also for people like maybe there'd be like a pressure like oh you're a singer it yeah. should sound good like yeah. what if it doesn't sound good you know <laughs> that's absolutely true and and um you know I, I i sang in a band once and whenever i would do karaoke like you know my my wife and my friends are always like oh this guy's a singer you know he'll belt it out and i i don't i no, like, I mean, I can sing my own music, but like, I don't, I'm not a good like singer, like, you know, like in the American Idol sense, you know, like I don't do, right. I don't do runs and all that kind of stuff. You know, I can't do any of that. Um, so there's like a big difference between people that, uh, I think excel at karaoke in that way. And then there's people that just like to have fun and then they just, they kind of wing it and they go for it. I've done, I've, I've tried to do both. I've tried to, you know, uh, really nail something and I've butchered it. And then I've, I've done something for fun and I've nailed it. And, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know how that works, but um, it's always a fun time. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about was, you know, the live looping part of your show, um, you know, and I guess more than uh, it's more than just your show. You like, do you record that way too? Or do you, or do you record things at different times and then kind of layer them together? Yeah, unless I'm doing, like, a, uh, a video, I'll just kind of record things, like, you know, layer, track by track. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the live looping I do for, like, my live performances and then for some videos. Um, it's amazing to me. Like, I've, you know, I've tried, I've had uh, a couple looping pedals here and there, and I've never really been able to kind of work with them uh, in a way that kind of benefited any of the music I was making. So, um <laughs> But the thought of looping in a live setting, like where, um, you know, everyone's watching you and you're doing each part and it has to happen right then. And it has to happen like perfectly because if you mess up, doesn't it kind of unravel at that point? Like, is it, is that kind of what happens? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a couple of tricks that I do live. Cause like when you're, when you're just making a video of live looping, you can kind of do m multiple takes. And so, um, there's more like lenience, but when I'm playing live, I have a couple tricks that I do just to like, in case something goes wrong mm. with the loop, I can like fix it and keep going. Cause I can't just, so like some songs, especially some songs are just not really loopable because there's so many sections. Right. And so in order for it to sound full, you have to use a, some tracks or have some just like certain effects come in or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I get, I get nervous about it, but for the most part, like if, if I'm playing, like if I kind of mess up a part, I can lower it on my on my rig. I can just kind of turn the volume down so it's like less noticeable. Yeah. Or um, there's also like a quantized feature in Ableton. So if it's a little off, I can just push that button and it'll hopefully, if it's not too off, it won't like nudge to the wrong beat. But uh. Uh, you can kind of do that with the, with the live show. But um, 
Yeah, I kind of, I just like have said, I just practice it, practice it, practice it. And normally it goes pretty smoothly. Um, do you have any, um, you're kind of an expert at it, but do you have any kind of horror stories at the moment? I know you just did like a, you did a tour with Incubus, right? Yeah. So actually the last night of that tour, um, it, it didn't even have to do with the live looping, but we, we basically we played the same venue two nights in a row. And so I left my stuff set up, but I took my, uh, laptop overnight, um, just um in case whatever but the rest of my stuff stayed set up and i um when i came back for sound check i put my laptop there and i like do the sound check and then i get on stage for my set and my my laptop's off because it died because <laughs> oh, i didn't no. plug in the charger oh, normally no. i plug it in like when i'm setting up but i didn't really set up this time and so <laughs> my laptop's totally dead and i'm on stage and everyone's like just clapped and they're like staring at me i'm like hey like <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, and so I had to go find my charger and like my computer turns on, it's at 2% and then I just start my set. I'm like, I hope my charger works faster than I'm like sucking the energy out of this computer. <laughs> and I just went for it and it was fine. But I had to, I just skipped one song because it took up like five minutes of like figuring out where the charger was. But that, my heart definitely dropped that time. I was God. like, Man. <laughs> I would be mortified. I would be so just terrified. On stage. I don't know. I'd probably just be like, well, you know what? I was planning on playing for you guys tonight, but uh, I messed up and I'm out. Peace out. <laughs> yeah, I just, I kind of like waved, smiled, and then came back on and like figured it out. Oh. <laughs> but like when I started the set, I was still like, my heart was pounding. I'm like, oh my God, I can barely play. Like, <laughs> Man, that's crazy. I, uh, gosh, like just, I feel like playing shows uh, is, um, Kind of nerve wracking enough, but adding all those different elements into it and doing it all yourself is, um, gosh, that it just, it makes, it makes me start to sweat just thinking about it. Like, I just like, <laughs> I feel like uncomfortable, like just thinking about it, but, uh, but you're great at it. So, uh, hats off, hats off. <laughs> um, w one thing I noticed, uh, that you're doing is you're, uh, you're posting tracks to Instagram that, um, that you've invited your followers, uh, your fans to, to use in their own music. Um, and you've been sharing some of the things that they've, some of the music that they've sent you. Um, have you, some of it's very cool. I've, I've watched some of it. Um, and, uh, I was wondering though, have you received anything that's just been totally absurd? Like you're like, Oh my gosh, I don't even know. <laughs> um, honestly, no. I mean, some are definitely like better than others. Like some are just kind of like, a phone recording then some are like a full produced out track so there's definitely variation but no one's done anything like strange or like like disturbing or anything so i don't know everyone's like really cool about it and it's been i don't know i like trust people to like i just say hey use this for whatever and yeah i think it's i don't know maybe maybe something <laughs> will come up but um <laughs> I saw, I mean, I saw the video, uh, I saw the video of the guy who was, uh, it looked like he was breakdancing to some music that he put together or something, oh, which yeah, was very cool. Oh yeah, that's actually my friend. He, I met him actually online. Um, he's, he's based in Germany and he, um, did a, a dance to my cover mashup of, um, like the Foo Fighters, What You Won't Do For Love mm. mashup. And, um. I saw the video. I'm like, wow, this is so cool. And I like stalked his whole page. I'm like, he's like a really good dancer. And this is like really cool. And so then he saw that thing and collaborated with his friend and made a track to dance to. So I was like, Oh, I got to post this. That's it's, very cool. That's, I mean, yeah. that's, I, I think it's, uh, 
you know, it's interesting in a time where we can't really get together and we can't, you know, um, you know, make music together and stuff like that to be able to collaborate with other musicians in that way, I think is very awesome. I think it's, it probably, I mean, in a way, I, I think it helps a lot of people, you know, to be on, uh, to be honest, to kind of, uh, be able to make music with, with other people in, in this weird new way, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I kind of, that was my, I kind of just happened like spontaneously. I was, I posted a video. Someone's like, Hey, it'd be so cool if I could have the, like, could you send me the wave for this? So then I was like, Oh, I'll just put it up online and like, see if anyone wants to like download it, they can download it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, you know what? Maybe I'll take a stab at it. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll download some tracks and I'll get a at least trail collaboration on my resume. That would be pretty <laughs> dope. Um, if you could, co- I want to ask you if you could collaborate with anyone, who do you think it would be? Right now, probably Tame Impala. Ah, uh, yeah. Kevin Parker. Yeah. Uh, I recently saw them in concert or him, but uh, like right before quarantine kind of started there was a show in san diego and i hadn't really heard his music before but i went with my friend and i've been like listening to the new album like non-stop yeah. and also like the fact that he like kind of self-produces everything and like it's very inspiring because now like i'm just like stuck at home or like in my studio just like oh i'll just like try to tame and follow this you know like try to- <laughs> it doesn't i'm still working on getting like my recordings to sound listenable but um, that's also kind of part of what I've been doing, like with posting the tracks online. It's just like, oh, how good can I make the drum sound with one mic? How good can I make this whole? How can I mix this better? How yeah. you know, just kind of an experimentation and like involving other people in it. You know, that's very cool. I, I was also at that Team Apollo show. I was uh, it's the first time I saw them, um, and I have been thinking how how much we lucked out because. I think they played LA the night after or two nights after. And then I think they had to postpone like the entire rest of the tour. Like we were like one of two or three shows that they were able to play. And I just, God, like how lucky was that, that we actually made yeah. the cut. <laughs> I think it's time for some trivia. Okay. You ready? <laughs> Should I be nervous? <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's very, I've made these very easy, especially because you have two, I give you two options for the answer. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> All right. So next up, we're going to play A or B side. I'm going to give you three questions, and each one will have two possible answers. Each week, I come up with these questions with a particular theme in mind, and this week's is all about bands that you've covered in your mashups. Okay. <laughs> so you have a fighting chance. You have a good chance to get these right. Um, okay, number one. The Radiohead song, Weird Fishes, Arpeggi, makes a notable appearance in one of your mashups. They're one of my favorite bands. Uh, I believe they're one of your favorite bands as well, from what I understand. Uh, ah, you're wearing a Radiohead shirt as we speak. Gosh, I am. <laughs> man, that's amazing. What a coincidence. Uh, however, Radiohead was not always named Radiohead. What was the group's original name? And they went by this name for a few years. Uh, a, On a Friday, or B, Illiterate Hands. This is a total guess. Um, I'm going to go with A. You are correct. 
it is on a Friday. Uh, Illiterate Hands, the other option, was actually the name of a band that Johnny Greenwood was in with Tom York's brother uh, oh, before okay. Radiohead. So I tried to make it a little tricky, but, uh, but you got it right. And that's all that matters. You're one for one. You're doing well. Number two. The song Everlong shows up in one of your mashups, a song Foo Fighters recorded for their 1997 album, The Color and the Shape. During the studio sessions for that album, Dave Grohl was apparently dissatisfied with the parts recorded by the band's drummer at the time, William Goldsmith, so he ended up re-recording all of them himself. Of course, Goldsmith quit the band after that, as any self-respecting drummer would do. Um... And Foo Fighters brought in uh, Taylor Hawkins, who drums for them to this day. Um, Hawkins had just spent the previous two years before that drumming for which Grammy-winning Canadian singer-songwriter? A, Alanis Morissette, or B, Katie Lang? I'm going to go with B. It is A. Oh! oh. <laughs> gotcha! Um, oh, man. <laughs> he, uh... <laughs> It's funny. I mean, he actually appears in the video for You Ought to Know, which, I mean... Oh, really? Yeah, I had no idea. And uh, and he's actually in a couple of other videos that she made at the time. Uh, but to go from Alanis Morissette to Foo Fighters, I mean, that's not too shabby of a career yeah. move. <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, yeah, very cool. Um, okay, so you're, you're one for two, and there's only three questions, so you have to get this one right in order to be like a winner of A or B side. Uh, you have a good chance to get this. Um, number three, one of the songs you've worked into a mashup is The Bed's Too Big Without You by The Police. The song was written by Sting in 1979, right around the time he landed his first role as an actor in a feature film. What movie was it? A, the film adaptation of the classic Who album, Quadrophenia, or B, the surreal David Lynch sci-fi epic, Dune. Dan. You sure it's not A? You, is that your final answer? I don't know. The thing is, I, I know he was in Dune. I don't even know. You're not sure about Quadrophenia. I don't even know if, if that, if he was in that. He was in that, and that was his first role. He, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. He played, the, uh, <laughs> he played the mod character Ace Face in Quadrophenia, um, okay, here's a bonus question. Okay. We'll, we'll make it, we'll, we'll get you to a 50-50 right here. What is Sting's real first name? A, Thomas, or B, Gordon? B. Oh, you're correct. Okay. <laughs> you're, a win, you're, you're in the winning column. You That's threw all me an there. easy one there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the other things I learned was that, uh, uh, recently was that Sting was given that nickname because he had a habit at the time of wearing a, a black and yellow sweater like everywhere. And one of his bandmates said, like, hey, you look like a bee. And I guess it stuck, you know, whatever. So imagine uh, then his nickname could have been B. Yeah, like right. <laughs> Sting sounds cooler. But. Yeah, Sting sounds much cooler. Yeah. I don't I don't know if anyone would really adopt the nickname B. I don't think they'd ever go by that. But uh Yo, Bumble. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, now might be the perfect time to drop the buzz on the best upcoming concert live stream action. Up next, the San Diego set list. 
Virtual shows are helping take the pandemic edge off these days, and this week is certainly no slouch when it comes to live streams. Here's our set list of the week's best options. On Saturday, the first episode of the locals-only Spiritual Motels Variety Hour kicks off on Facebook at 6 p.m., features performances by its namesake band, Rose's Cantina, the Redwoods Collective's Al Howard, and many other special guests. The next afternoon, relax with a very laser Sunday, courtesy of DJ Supergroup Major Laser at 1 p.m. on YouTube. On Tuesday, wake up with Jack White's Third Man Records at 9 a.m. for the From Home Livestream series featuring performances by various Third Man artists like Jack and Friends. And if you're looking for ways to stay home and party, throw it back with Big Frida on her Facebook and Instagram pages for Friday Night Shakedown at 7 p.m. Elise, it has been a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I, uh, I hope you had a good time. I um, I wanted to let our listeners know to be sure to listen to Elise's debut album, Unraveling, everywhere music is streamed or sold. Head to EliseTro.com for news and visit her on Instagram to hear all the new tracks she's been posting and maybe add your own spin to some of her music. As always, head to SanDiego.com for bonus notes on this episode and catch San Diego TV on NBC7 on Saturday nights. And we are going to wrap up this show with our Spotlight Artist of the Week, which is, of course, Elise Tro. <laughs> Here is her song, How to Get What You Want. Until next time, I am your San Diego podcast host, Dustin Lutzbike, and to everyone listening, stay safe and enjoy the music. Agenda undone.